Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 95 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today I'm breaking down part one of my personal top 24 wide receiver rankings with my wide receivers 13 through 24 and giving player profiles for each as of June 21st, 2019. I'll be evaluating and updating regularly throughout the summer and the off season. And we'll have a final set of rankings come August in lead up to draft season. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Real stoked to be breaking down my personal 24 in the next two episodes. I want to give a huge shout out before we get started to my man, Josh, all the way from Manchester, England, who jumped on the previous two podcasts, breaking down both of our top 24 wide receivers. Again, um, just huge up to him. We, he went through a lot to uh, make sure that we got our podcast in. He, he drove about 20 minutes out of town to get quality Wi-Fi. He was dealing with, an well, we were both dealing with an eight-hour time difference, but on his side, uh, he didn't finish up the podcast till about 1 a.m. his time. So, Josh, much respect, brother. Appreciate you. want to have you back on as soon as possible. Let's get into my personal rankings here I just want to break down a little bit further a lot of these stats if you've been listening to the two previous podcasts with Josh you're going to hear you know similar stats I'm sure from my side but I just want to break down my actual player profiles for my 24 and let you know why I have my guys where I have them so let's jump right into it at number 24 I have Tyler Lockett he finished up 16th last year ECR has him at 24 ADP has him at 22 going as the fifth pick in the fifth round. Tyler Lockett and Wilson were incredibly efficient last season, combining for a league-best 153.8 QBR for Wilson when he was targeting Lockett. So literally as good as it gets in efficiency. That's amazing, but I don't see it happening this year again. As I mentioned on the previous podcast, a lot of that efficiency came from Lockett leading the league in yards per target at 13.6, Fantasy points per target at 3.1 and being 10th in yards per reception at 16.9, pulling in 10 touchdowns. However, Seattle was last in the league in team pass plays at 29.9 per game. And Lockett was 58th in targets overall, 49th in target share, 17.7%, and only 6 targets in the red zone and 7 targets in the end zone. Yes, Doug Baldwin is gone, but Seattle drafted DK Metcalf, who will slot in as the number two for the Seahawks and could have a huge place in that offense right away, but should be the top red zone and end zone target at least. He's a huge body, of course, if you've been paying attention at all. DK Metcalf is a beast, blew up the combine, at least in vertical abilities. We all know about the the slow agility stuff, but vertical ability and you can't teach height and strength, so... He's an animal and just a totally different wide receiver than Tyler Lockett is. Now, Lockett led the team in receptions with 57 receiving yards at 965 and touchdowns with 10. But he's no longer a secret to teams as far as the deep throw efficiency. And teams will be game planning for him now that Doug Baldwin is completely done. He's retired. So Tyler Lockett will be that number one coming into the season. And I think he'll draw that double coverage and we'll see if he can handle that. In his first three seasons, Lockett had very similar targets and receptions, 
but he was insanely efficient in 2018. From 2015 to 2017, he averaged 69 targets, 45 receptions, 605 yards, and three touchdowns. All of these numbers are lower than his 2018 season. So it's either a breakout or something that he won't be able to sustain. I expect some serious regression personally. Lockett is an awesome talent, and Russell Wilson is one of the best overall quarterbacks in the league. Unfortunately, though, Pete Carroll doesn't seem to know that and would rather run the ball 50 times a game, especially with Schottenheimer there. So because of the ball control game script, regression of efficiency, and DK Metcalf coming in, I had to put Tyler Lockett down at number 24, and I can't really see myself ranking him higher than that, at least right now, uh, barring injury to anybody above him. Could he beast out again and, top, and be a top 20 wide receiver in 2018? Absolutely, but I don't see it happening with the regressions all around. So I've got Tyler Lockett and my wide receiver 24. Coming in at 23, Calvin Ridley started off his rookie season on fire after a goose egg in week one versus Philadelphia. Ridley racked up 19 targets, 15 receptions, and 264 yards and six touchdowns, finishing as the wide receiver two overall over the weeks two, three, and four behind only Adam Thielen, who was absolutely nuclear to start the season in 2018. After those three games, though, Calvin Ridley cooled off significantly to a modest wide receiver 33 finish over the rest of the season, weeks 5 through 17 combined. I love the upside of Ridley as a player in this offense, but one red flag is that he was second in the league with 10 drops. Not good. Interestingly enough, Julio Jones was actually second in the league, or tied for second in the league, or third, excuse me, tied for third in the league with 9 drops. If both of those guys can put the clamps down in 2018 for Matty Ice, then all three shall see a much larger season total at the uh, end of the year. But we'll see what happens in the second year for Calvin Ridley. I love his upside, though. I'm digging Ridley for sure, but we need to see more consistency in year two. So right now he is my wide receiver 23. He finished wide receiver 22 last year, uh, bolstered by a big first start, as I mentioned. ECR has him at 28. ADP has him at 21, going as a second pick in the fifth round. Next up at wide receiver 22, we have Chris Godwin. Godwin will now be the second fiddle to Mike Evans for the Bucks and new head coach Bruce Arians. He'll play primarily in the slot where we saw Larry Fitzgerald flourish under Arians in Arizona. And Godwin is the prime third-year receiver where we often see many receivers break out from budding stars and nice sophomore seasons. I have many third-year receivers on my top 24 list this year. Looking forward to that for sure. I believe that Godwin's trajectory this season is to blow up in his third year, and um, I can see him definitely finishing above number 22, but in rankings preseason, I've got him at 22 right now. Godwin had at least 13 PPR points in seven games last year and at least 12 PPR points in four of six games over the last two years when Deshaun Jackson was off the field. So Deshaun Jackson now is back in Philadelphia. And last year's slot receiver Adam Humphreys is now getting paid too much to play for the Titans. So both of those guys are out. Mike Evans is the only other competition. Mike Evans will get his, of course, but Godwin will be, will be a great second option. Godwin had 95 targets with four quality receivers on the field last year, racking up 100-plus yards in three games and scoring seven touchdowns with a mix of Ryan Fitzmagic and Jameis Winston at quarterback seemingly switching out every single week. 
OJ Howard will also see an upgrade in year three, tight end, but there's not much else behind Evans and Godwin right now on wide receiver depth for the Bucks. So Evans and Godwin should both thrive in a pass-heavy offense under Bruce Arians as long as Jameis doesn't blow it. He's my wide receiver too, but could finish top 20 for sure. Um, if he keeps up his touchdown efficiency in this offense, he could even be possibly top 15. Bruce Arians did come out and say that he could be a top, you know, or a, not a top, but a 100-yard or a 100-catch wide receiver. Could be coaches speak, but if he gets that kind of number with, you know, double-digit touchdowns, he could be top 15. Let's move on to the first of the Rams receivers I have ranked here. Number 21, Cooper Cup, actually my favorite Rams receiver. He finished 51 overall, but he missed eight games. He was 20th right now in ECR. He's also 20th in ADP, going as the last pick in the fourth round. Cooper Cup missed eight games, but still led the Rams in fantasy points per game in PPR. Cup was 15th in fantasy points per game with 16.9, ahead of Woods at 16.6, and ahead of Cooks at 16.2. Cup saw no fewer than six targets in every game he played in which he didn't get hurt. He was fourth in the league in fantasy points per target, better than both Cooks and Woods. He made the 2017 All-NFL rookie team and is heading into his third season as well, which again, we often see wide receivers break out in. If Cup doesn't Excuse me, if he wasn't coming off of a torn ACL, I'd give him top 15 ahead of Cooks and Woods preseason. He was on pace to better Cooks and Woods in receptions, receiving yards, yards after catch, and double both of their touchdowns on pace to 12, and all three of those guys had six, with potentially less targets than both Cooks and Woods last year. I've said it many times on the podcast, but Goff and Cook, or Goff and Cup, rather, our best friends and uh, roommates when they started with the Rams. And that matters a lot in the relationship with the quarterback and receiver. So I love Cooper Cup, but coming off of a torn ACL is risky. If he recovers well, he and the Rams will be dominant once again, and he will probably finish as the top Ram, I think. If he can't recover, however, I may be a bust uh, this year on Cooper Cup and his value in 2020 once people fade him after his lower numbers might fall in draft. So maybe he becomes... Uh, steal in next year's uh, um, drafts 2020 the dude is special but he's often injured so far in his early career unfortunately so he's my wide receiver 21 as of now but only because of the ACL he definitely has wide receiver one talent let's move on to my 20th wide receiver here Mike Williams significantly above ECR and ADP I have him he finished 32 overall ECR has him at 29 ADP has him as 26 and going as the last pick in the fifth round. Williams is set to explode in 2019, and I think he has legit top 10 wide receiver upside. I want to rank him higher, but I'm not sure who I can put him over at this point above him in my ranking, so we'll just have to see how the summer shakes out. I'm already nearly 10 spots higher than ECR and ADP, so I don't want to get too bullish, but I'm definitely drinking the Kool-Aid on Mike Williams. He was one of my breakouts last year, and I loved him at Clemson with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Over the last 10 years, Williams is just one of 16 wide receivers to finish top 20 in fantasy points with less than 100 targets. He did it in just 66 targets in 2018, and the next closest was Tyler Lockett, who I just mentioned was literally the most efficient wide receiver in fantasy football last year, and he needed five more targets at 71 than Mike Williams. Shouts out to my man Mike Tagliar of 
Mike Tagliere of Fantasy Pros for that incredible stat there. Other than Williams and Lockett, no other wide receiver has finished top 20 in fantasy with less than 79 targets. Now, 10 touchdowns will help boost anybody in fantasy points, of course, in which Mike Williams had last year. But unlike Lockett's number, which I expect to regress, maybe it's fair to say that we haven't seen the best of Mike Williams just yet. He was hurt in 2017, came on the scene in 2018, but they were still kind of figuring him out. Uh, But he played very, very well. Um, Notably, he had two touchdowns versus the Chiefs and another two-point conversion to seal uh, the W there. So I really, really believe in Mike Williams. Tyrell Williams, former teammate, is now in Oakland, which opens up the deep threat routes for Mike Williams. Hunter Henry is coming back, hopefully, and hopefully he stays healthy. But that shouldn't take away from Williams' end, uh, his end zone looks. Excuse me. He's 6'4", 220, and has quality hands. He only has two drops in 2018. He was third in the league in fantasy points per target at 2.8. Seven. Keenan Allen will continue to be Philip Rivers' first look, but if Mike Williams continues his touchdown efficiency and holds up to the Tyrell Williams replacement role, he should see 120 plus targets, double digit touchdowns, and more work between the 20s as the season goes on. He's my wide receiver 20 right now, but I could see him finishing as a wide receiver one for sure. And a bold prediction is I have Mike Williams outperforming Keenan Allen in total fantasy points for 2019. Next up, number 19, Sammy Watkins. He finished 63, but he missed six games last year. ECR has him at 25. ADP has him at 24. Eighth pick in the fifth round right now. Watkins has missed 16 games over the past four seasons after playing a full 16 his rookie year in Buffalo. Last year, in 10 games, Sammy Watkins had 55 targets, 40 receptions, 519 yards, and three touchdowns, but he played well in the playoffs, going 6-for-62 versus the Colts and 4-for-114 versus New England. He was wide receiver 24 from weeks 1-9, through including a goose egg in week 4. If Tyreek Hill does end up getting suspended by the league, Watkins will slot in as a wide receiver one for Kansas City, and he would beast all season, I'm sure, if he stays healthy. I'll also probably move him up into my top 15 if we find out that the league hands out Tyreek Hill with a suspension. So Sammy Watkins' rank is pending for sure on uh, Tyreek Hill. The talent has always been there for Watkins, but his injury history is too consistent for me to trust right now, unfortunately. However, I'm willing to take the bait this year, especially if Tyreek misses games, which I think he will. Fifth round is worth the risk for me to consider Sammy with top 10 upside, especially if Tyreek does miss games. I think Tyreek will probably miss six to eight games from the league, but again, we just don't know. Now, that's a big if from Tyreek, and that's a big if from Sammy Watkins' injury history, but if Watkins ends up being my wide receiver two or three on my team, and I've already gone with the top running back or top receiver by the fifth round. I like the boomer bust option with Sammy Watkins, who could potentially be a league winner. He's my wide receiver 19 right now, but he could end up you know, top 10 maybe. I would rank him top 15 if Tyreek is definitely out, and he could either get hurt and blow up your team, or if he finally stays healthy for a season, He could certainly be a league winner in 2018 for Mahomes and the Chiefs. So for me, Sammy Watkins is worth it at his current ADP right now of the eighth pick in the fifth round. 
Right now, before we get into the next six wide receivers on my wide receiver countdown here, 18 through 13, I want to let you know that if you're enjoying what you're hearing on the podcast and you'd like to find the Candlestick Kids and myself and our content outside of the podcast, please give us a like and a follow on our social medias. You can find us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod, on Twitter at tck underscore pod, Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, and you can always drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com and please leave a rate and review right here on the podcast whether you're listening to it on anchor apple podcast spotify stitcher it really helps to get your feedback we appreciate the uh, algorithm boost we appreciate the support and we appreciate you listening in and we hope that we deliver some value for you so before we get into the rest of the podcast here's a quick word from our sponsor anchor stay tuned Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, let's get into the next six wide receivers on my top 24 wide receiver breakdown here. At number 18, Kenny Galladay. Finished 21, but he missed a game. ECR has him at 17. ADP has him at 19. He's going as the ninth pick in the fourth round right now. Kenny Galladay is also in his third year and poised to stamp his place as the number one wide receiver in Detroit. Last year, he had 119 targets, 70 receptions, 1,063 yards, and five touchdowns, doubling or tripling his 2017 numbers as a rookie. He had double-digit targets in five games and 15 targets in both weeks 11 and 16. He had at least six receptions in seven games and went over 100 yards in three games. Fellow Detroit receiver Marvin Jones had a solid season before going down with an injury in two thousand uh, in week ten. I was going to say two thousand ten. Sorry about that. Uh, he went down in week ten, uh, out for the rest of the season. And Kenny Galladay was wide receiver twenty three with Marvin Jones also on the field over weeks one through ten. And then he actually went down to wide receiver twenty seven when Marvin Jones went off in weeks eleven through seventeen. 
This is also when Carrion Johnson was out and the Lions had no other weapons on the field. So defenses were able to focus on Kenny Galladay. And I just don't think yet he is that player to absolutely beast at will. I think he will be eventually. He's still very young. But I don't think he's quite that player to take on double coverage and be the only uh, weapon in the offense. So I think that was actually a deficit to him last year, having Carrion and Marvin get hurt and be out for uh, the remainder of the season down the stretch. Jones is on pace to come back healthy this year, and so is Carrion. And this will help take off pressure from Kenny Galladay and help set him free in the red zone where he flourished with 15 red zone targets and 12 end zone targets. Unfortunately, he wasn't very efficient with those red zone targets in 2018 when he only caught 5 of 15 red zone targets. So some of that's him, some of that's Stafford. With the Lions being a run-focused team and Marvin Jones coming back, I can't boost him any higher than my wide receiver 18, but if he gets to the 130 target, 90 reception, 1,200-yard mark with about six to eight touchdowns, which I can definitely see in his third year with everyone coming back and that Lions offense getting healthy, then he could definitely slide up into the top 15. I'm not sure that I would rank him there right away unless I see all that, but he could finish top 15 for sure on, on talent alone. Moving on, number 17, Brandon Cooks, second Ram. Brandon Cooks is number 17. He finished 13 overall last year and missed a game. ECR has him at 15. ADP has him at 16. He's going as the uh, sixth pick in the fourth round right now. Brandon Cooks is only a couple months older than Kenny Galladay, but it feels like he's been in the league much longer, which he has by a couple of seasons. After a 550-yard season with New Orleans as a rookie in 2014, he had 100 Uh, 100-plus targets, 65-plus receptions, and 1,000-plus yards and at least five touchdowns per season over the last four years in New Orleans, New England, and with his first year with the Rams. In his first year with the Rams, Cook had 116 targets, 80 receptions, 1,204 yards, and six touchdowns. Interestingly, though, he was actually better with Cooper Cup on the field. So as I just mentioned with Kenny Galladay being better with Marvin Jones on the field, Brandon Cooks is also better with Cooper Cup on the field. Per my man Nick at Big Dogs Fantasy, BDGE, go give him a follow at Big Dogs Fantasy on Instagram and Nick underscore BDGE on Twitter. Great YouTube channel and podcast as well. He's one of the best independent accounts, in my opinion, around fantasy football. Anyway, Nick broke down Cooks' averages with and without Cup on the field in 2018. With Cup on the field, Brandon Cooks averaged 8.8 targets, 7 receptions, 115 yards, and a half a touchdown for 21.5 PPR fantasy points per game. Without uh, Cup on the field, Cooks averaged 7 targets, 4.2 receptions, 64 yards, and just a third of a touchdown, or 12.6 PPR fantasy points per game. So roughly 9 fantasy points per game better per game. 9 per game better for Cooks with Cup on the field. Cup will be back eventually for the Rams, which should help free up Cooks deep. But down the stretch, he performed well without Cup, pulling in 100-plus yards in the NFC Championship versus New Orleans and in the Super Bowl versus New England. Cooks surpassed 100 yards seven times on the year and was wide receiver 10, right behind Woods at wide receiver 9, with Cup in the lineup weeks 1 through 10. Cup was... Wide receiver 18 over that time. Once Cup went on the IR and tore his ACL in Week 10, 
Cooks was wide receiver 30 for the remainder of the season. During that same stretch, Robert Woods, who we'll get to in a little bit, was actually wide receiver 14. So Cup coming back helps Cooks, but Cup not being 100% from the ACL tear that usually takes a full year to stabilize. I see Woods outpacing Cooks just a bit with Cup not being fully healthy and possibly missing some time early in the season. So Cooks is my wide receiver 17 right now, but if Cup is 100% to start the season, I'll likely swap Cooks and Woods, who I currently have at wide receiver 14. Next up at number 16, I have Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman finished 20, but he missed four games overall. ECR has him at 18. ADP has him at 15. He's going as the first pick in the fourth round. Julian Edelman was suspended for the first four games of 2018, but upon returning in week five, he was the wide receiver nine in PPR the rest of the way and was dominating through the playoffs, racking up 35 targets, 26 receptions, 388 yards, but somehow didn't score any touchdowns during that time. He did, however, go 12 targets for 10 receptions, 141 yards en route to a Super Bowl MVP and a Patriots win. With Gronk hobbled all season last year and now retired, at least for the time being, Edelman was a PPR machine, more so than usual in 2018. He saw double-digit targets in 9 out of 15 games, including the playoffs. He had 100-plus yards in 4 out of 15 games, including the playoffs, and he had at least 70 receptions in New England's uh, final seven games, including the playoffs. Edelman has always been Brady's bestie, and even more so when Gronk is out of the lineup. Without Gronk now and a depleted wide receiver core in New England, outside of Edelman, hopeful Philip Dorsett coming in from uh, Indianapolis, and rookie Nikhil Harry. James White is the only one challenging Edelman for serious work in the pass game. And White is going to be second fiddle to Sonny Michelle, so primary to third downs and passing down work, limiting his role. But we do know that James White can beast out in any given day. He finished uh, running back number eight last year, and a ton of that had to do with a high touchdown uh, upside and um, receptions as well out of the backfield. So Edelman should finish top 15, possibly top 12, if he can keep his touchdowns around six plus. He's my wide receiver 16 right now, but generally a perennial wide receiver one candidate, and that seems par this year without Gronk and and little weapons challenging him in the wide receiver core. I have him a little bit lower than he might finish uh, just because I, I think he limits a little bit of that touchdown and big, big boom upside than the rest of these guys ahead of him. But Julian Edelman is my 16th wide receiver. Next up, number 15, Julian, uh, Julian Edelman. Next up, Adam Thielen and number 15, excuse me. Adam Thielen finished number seven overall. I have him at number 15. ECR has him at 14. ADP has him at nine. So I'm closer to ECR at 15. They have him at 14. His finish was number seven. His draft position right now is number nine, and he's going as the 11th pick in the second round. Adam Thielen started 2018 with eight consecutive 100-plus yard games, scoring six touchdowns over those eight games, and had a ridiculous 96 targets, 74 receptions, 925 yards, and six touchdowns, and finished wide receiver one overall with 202 PPR fantasy points and 25.3 PPR fantasy points per game. His teammate, Stephon Diggs, was wide receiver nine at 18.3 PPR fantasy points per game during that same stretch. I'll get to Diggs later. 
However, for the rest of the season, weeks 9 through 17, Thielen plummeted to wide receiver 25 and had just 13.2 PPR fantasy points during that stretch. Meanwhile, Stephon Diggs was wide receiver 16 at 17.1 PPR fantasy points over that same stretch. So Thielen started hotter than Diggs, but Diggs was wide receiver 9 while Thielen was taking the league by storm. During the second half of the season, Thielen plummeted to 25 and Diggs stuck around uh, amid um, uh, wide receiver two at 16. The entire pass game for Minnesota dropped after week eight. Kirk Cousins was QB six from week one through eight and QB 18 the rest of the way. Some of that had to do with Minnesota changing out offensive coordinators in week 14 to bring in Kevin Stefanski, who is a run first play caller, as is head coach Mike Zimmer. And some of that had to do with Dalvin Cook finally getting healthy and returning in week nine. And you can see more of Cook's breakdown in my wider uh, running backs episodes and profiles on my Instagram. Adam Thielen had career highs and targets at 153, receptions at 113, receiving yards at 1373, and 100-plus yard games at nine, as well as touchdowns at nine. So he absolutely beasted. He had his best season in the NFL by far last year. But that said... He played a bit hurt down the stretch for the Vikings, and they turned to Dalvin Cook once he was ready to go. I expect Thielen to once again be a solid high-end wide receiver too, but not sure that he has the upside this year of being a wide receiver one as long as Dalvin Cook stays healthy and the Vikings continue to focus on the run. He's my wide receiver 15 right now, and I think Diggs outperforms him overall in 2019. But if Adam Thielen were to remain in his role and finish top 12, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm ranking him lower than that because I believe that Diggs outpaces him. But I know that a lot of people would probably have Diggs and Thielen switched where I've got them right now. So don't hate Thielen. I just think there's going to be somewhat of a regression there. And I think that as long as Dalvin Cook stays healthy, which I think he will this year, he's uh, two years removed from that ACL and a hamstring to, uh, to fix. I think he'll be just fine in a run-first offense. So... I like Diggs a little bit bigger than Thielen, so I have Thielen at 15. Two more names here in this uh, part one episode of my wide receiver breakdown of my top 24. Next up, Robert Woods, my final Rams receiver here. All of them in the back half of my uh, wide receiver breakdown, all wide receiver twos for me ranking-wise. Woods was the best Rams receiver in 2018. He led the Rams in targets at 130, receptions one. Uh, excuse me, receptions at 86, yards at 1,219, yards after catch at 420, and tied with Cooper Cup for six touchdowns. Once Coop went on IR, he, uh, in week 10, as I just mentioned during uh, Cooks and Woods, or Cup and Woods, excuse me, I'm sorry, I get all mixed up with these. Let me start over. Once Cup went on IR with the torn ACL in week 10, Robert Woods was wide receiver 14. Cooks was wide receiver 30 during that same stretch. Woods was wide receiver 11 overall and set career highs in targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. He also had 19 carries for 157 yards on the ground, a handful of jet sweeps. Without Cup on the field, Woods takes over the middle of the field, which gives Goff a nice security blanket, which we've seen Cup flourish in. So Woods' numbers were actually better when Cup was in the lineup until week eight, including week three and four when he had 100-plus yard games over weeks three and six. 
the entire Rams offense was is better with Cup on the field. They didn't exactly bomb after he went down, but the passing game definitely took a step back. Cooks actually outperformed Woods in the playoffs, but I think Woods has the edge with Cup recovering from the torn ACL. Cup is on pace to play in week one as of now as of right now, but he won't be 100% either way for a while. In the meantime, Woods will see more of that middle game and outpace Cooks just a bit, I think. Plus, he's more of a touchdown threat than Cooks in general in the red zone. Therefore, I have Woods as my wide receiver 14, a couple ahead of Cooks at 17. Cup is down at 21. Now, is if Cup is definitely healthy or definitely not come August, I'll reevaluate all three of these receivers. Right now, I think he'll be fine, but he might be slow out the gate or miss a game or two which I think will favor Woods. If he comes back right away and Cup is healthy, I think that favors Cook just a little bit. Either way, all three Rams receivers for me are wide receiver twos. Woods at 14, Cooks at 17, Cup at 21. Last name here for this episode is Keenan Allen, number 13. He finished 12 overall, missed a game last year, and he was 11 in ECR. He's 11 in ADP, second pick in the third round as of right now for ADP. Allen has played a full 16 games in back-to-back seasons after missing 15 in 2016 and 8 in 2014. His numbers went down just a bit from his career year in 2017, but he still had 136 targets, 97 receptions, 1,196 yards, and 6 touchdowns. He only had 3 games over 100-plus yards and only had double-digit targets in five games, including 19 targets in Week 13 versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. In that game versus the Steelers, when he had 19 targets, he exploded for 14 catches, 148 yards, and a touchdown. Allen is generally a slow starter for fantasy football, starting with just two touchdowns through August. So the first two months of the season, September and August, or excuse me, September and October, um, Allen basically has two touchdowns through October and 10 touchdowns through November over the last two seasons. So over the last two seasons, he scored two touchdowns in September and October, and he scored 10 touchdowns in November, December. If you draft him, be patient. We've seen him come on very strong at the end of the season, notably 2017 when he was out of his mind down the season and won a lot of people leagues. So be patient if you draft him and he doesn't start super hot. If you don't draft him, target him in trades week maybe five, six, seven. Essentially, uh, especially if his value is down a little bit because he starts out slow, I think he'd be a great trade target. Uh, People did that in 2017 and 2018. It really helped him down the stretch. He's my wide receiver 13 right now, a bit below ECR and ADP because tight end Hunter Henry is coming back and will be another force over the middle and in the red zone, as well as Mike Williams, who I just gushed over earlier in the episode, who I already profess my love for and will be a main target around the goal line, as will be Henry and running backs Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. So Allen has been a beast in the past two seasons, but if everyone stays healthy, he has the most competition he's really ever had in the passing game over the last two years for sure, but maybe in his career. So he won't he won't be my early third round draft target at his ADP right now going as a second pick in the third round i don't see me drafting him in the third round i'm a little bit lower than him on that 
but I'd love to have him in the back of the third round or the fourth round for sure, or via trade in week six. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to email us your fantasy questions heading into 2019 to tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod. You can also find us on Twitter at tck underscore pod and fantasy football at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. If you've gotten any value from this podcast, please leave a rate and review on the podcast and give us a like and a follow on our social medias. It really does mean the world to us. Make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sky Guasco, and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.